I want to read you some passages of Scripture. I'm going to start in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 9 as we, as we look and see what the Scriptures have to say. The prophet Isaiah, talking in reference to the birth of baby Jesus, the prophesying of Emmanuel, God with us. And this is what the prophet Isaiah had to say in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He said, for, for a child is, is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called... And would you say these with me? And the words are up on the screen. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let me say that for you again. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And underline this, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. This is what uh, is recorded in Luke chapter 2 and what the angel of the Lord had to say as he introduces the birth of Jesus. And Luke Luke chapter 2, verses 11, this is what he says in following. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly, uh, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and underline that, peace, peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now, peace itself would have been an unfamiliar thought process to those from whom the angels were speaking. Peace, and the people that were hearing that message probably were thinking, peace, are you kidding me? I mean, here it was, Rome was in control and as a result of their, con their control, there was oppression in the land. They controlled everything. It was a time of poverty. It was a time of slavery. It was a time of persecution. And so I think it would be safe to say peace. No. No, there wasn't, there wasn't peace. And then when the angel said peace on earth to those whom God is, is pleased... I mean, just think about that for a second. Was there peace at that time? No. And is there peace today as we look around the world? No. I mean, if you just pick up any newspaper, if you listen to the news at any moment in time, you're going to see nothing but chaos. Racism, terrorism, debt, family crisis, anger, rage, and the list just goes on and on and on. The scandals the unrest, and yet it, it was promised the peace. Where is it? Where is that peace on earth that, that was promised? And here is the implication that peace isn't a place. It's not an attitude. It's not an absence of difficulty or circumstance, but peace is a person. Peace is a person. The implication is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, regardless if you can understand it, if you can comprehend it, or whether or not you have all ever experienced it. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. This is what Paul had to say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. He said this, Now may the Lord of Peace himself, <laughs> may the Lord of Peace himself, may he give you his peace at all times and in every Circumstance. Jesus, as he matured, um, as he began to teach, Jesus would make this statement Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they will be children of God. When Jesus would heal somebody, he would often tell them, go in peace. And then it was Jesus himself that would speak the words, in me you will find peace. Let's talk about some definitions just for a second in reference to the word peace. Here's Peace means to bind together things that are disjointed. So let me ask you the question today. Do you have peace? Do you have, are you experiencing peace in your life? Probably not. Like one guy would say, man, what do you mean peace? He said, listen, he said, I'm, I'm in debt. I'm behind on my bills. I lost my job. My wife, she won't quit nagging at me. And my dog died. And you're asking me if I've got peace? I don't think so. I'm a mess. The Hebrew word for peace meant shalom, meaning calm and serenity. The Greek word for peace was irene, which meant unity and accord. But there was a, it was a word that Paul would often use when he was talking about the objective of the New Testament church. But there was a deeper meaning to the word peace. And this is what it was. A unity or cohesiveness brought on by a person's individual restoration with God. A sense of inner peace. I had the privilege this past week of being a part of something that was a little unusual. Um, it sort of sounds like a joke to start off with because I was with a Jewish rabbi, a Hindu priest, and then there was me. There's a, there's a, there's a joke there someplace, so if you happen to come up with it. And I, as, as I sat and I was a part and I, I watched and I, I listened and I observed, this is my heart broke because in all the symbolism and all the ritual and everything that was participated in, there was no peace because there was no Jesus. And as I sat and as I watched, of all the things that took place and everything that was done that was ritualistically right from their perspective, there was an absence of peace because Jesus was not in it. And my heart hurt. There was no sense of inner rest. There was carrying on of some, some details and, and things that they thought needed to be done that was important. Yet there was no peace. And you could sense it. There was no rest. And there is no rest for sinners, which all of us are, because we're separated from him by our sin. And yet it was God that demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, we could experience his peace. This is how Paul said it in Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. We've got peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And it's interesting. Here it is, the night before Jesus would, be die, would die and be crucified. And here he is, assembled with his disciples. And Jesus would make this statement. I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world itself cannot give. So don't be troubled nor afraid. Here's Jesus offering peace. It was lasting, it was eternal, and it was personal. And it didn't come as a result of anything that we could do or experience, but it came as a result of us coming to trust him, to place him as 
as the supreme leader in our life and to put him on the throne of our lives. And it was the work of the Holy Spirit. Worldly peace was temporary at best. It's the absence of chaos, whereas the peace that Jesus offers is lasting. Jesus said, and the peace I give you is a gift that the world itself cannot give. The difference between the world's peace and peace that comes from knowing Jesus is the difference between day and night. Knowing Jesus, no peace. Our peace is often, many times from the world's perspective, based off of relationships. It's based off of wealth. It's based off of health, popularity, prominence, whereas lasting peace flows from the person of Jesus himself. So it makes this time of year so special because we celebrate Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the birth of the Prince of Peace. So the person that doesn't know Jesus, there is no peace. There's no peace in their heart. There's no inner peace. And it may look good for a moment, but it's not lasting because it's temporary. You may be a believer here and follower of Christ, and yet you're saying to me, if Jesus offers peace, you mean, why don't you tell me why I'm in the midst of, of chaos right now in my life? Nowhere in the scriptures do we find that we won't experience chaos. Nowhere in the scriptures does it tell us that we won't walk through difficult circumstances. It doesn't say that, but what it does tell us is that when we do walk through those times, Jesus is there. He walks alongside of us. And the bottom line is this, is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the source of true, genuine peace. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. And when we come to trust Jesus as our Savior, when we come, become to, to believe who he is and, and that what he says he'll do, everything that he promises is ours. Everything that we need is ours. And our, our peace is based on a relationship to that one person, Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with him? Do you know him? You know, just as hollow as it was the other day when I was, when I was in that environment, just as, as hollow as those rituals were that they were participating in and they were carrying out that afternoon, your participating in church activities can be the exact same way if you don't know Jesus. Do you need to hear that again? Our participation in anything that goes on can be nothing but worthless and temporary if Jesus is not at the center. Because no Jesus, no peace. But when you know Jesus, there's peace. Paul would say it this way when he wrote to the believers at Philippi. This is what he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and following. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> Man, are you kidding me? What do you mean, tell me don't worry about anything? What are some of the things you worry about? Wanda, what's some, what's some of the things that you'll just give me one? And don't say Bill. Kids. kids. Goodness gracious. Kids. We worry about our kids. Anybody worry about your kids? Yeah. What are some other things we worry about? Richard, what's something you worry about? Spouse. Spouse? Yeah. 
I got a, a text message this morning from a friend of mine that lives over in the Orlando area. He's a captain with, with the Continental Airlines, and he said, Sid, would you pray for us? He said, Deb just had a, a stroke last night, and she can't walk. Yeah. Somebody else. What are some things that you worry about? Others. Other people. Other people. Neighbors, friends, family. What are some other things? Finances. Nobody has problems with finances. I mean, the, the things that we could list that we worry about are multitudes, and they could go on and on. But here's Paul saying, listen, don't worry about anything. But he says, instead, pray about everything. Go tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And then... Okay, and then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So what are the things that have a tendency to weigh us down, discourage us, and take up our time? What are those things that we worry about? What are the things that you specifically are worrying about today? Maybe it's your health. I don't know what it may be. But what is he saying? Paul's saying, listen, don't worry about those things, but instead pray about it. And he says, tell God exactly what you need and thank him for what he's done. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Then you will experience God's peace. Listen, man, the experience comes of experiencing peace is when we begin to put our faith into action. That's where that faith, that faith, that, that peace comes from. When all of a sudden those things that we say that we believe, all of a sudden we have to put them into practice. Man, I say I believe that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but if you're not practicing it, you got to practice it. You got to work on it. Even if you're one of the deepest believers, there are those times when you've got to say, Jesus, you are my peace. Jesus, you are my peace. I believe. I trust you. My faith is strong. I believe Jesus. Peace comes from knowing that God is in control. It's a confidence that isn't based upon our feelings. It's not an absence of conflict, but it's believing that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the prince of peace. It's not the absence of conflict or absence of difficulty, but peace comes from an awareness of confidence of knowing that the all-powerful, all-omnipresent God lives within us and that he is in control you got to convince yourself sometimes. you got to tell yourself over and over again when all of a sudden you don't know exactly what tomorrow holds. Jesus, you are my peace. You are my peace. you got to write it on some cards. you got to put it up on your, on, your, on your dashboard when you're driving down the road and you don't look at it all the time. you got to watch the road every once in a while. you got to put it on your mirror in the bathroom. Listen, you got to put it in your Bible and you got to open your Bible so that you can read it because Jesus is our peace. Do you know him? And Paul said, listen, instead of losing sleep and worrying, how about going to the Lord and talking to him about everything? Because you trust him. If you trust him, you will constantly go to him. Let's be honest for a second. Where does the anxiousness and the stress and the worry come from? Think about it. Don't say where does it come from? Where does it seem to dwell up uh, to, 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 to surface? Probably because it's something that we're trying to control. It's probably something we're trying to fix, and we aren't trusting God. We may say that we are, 
but probably we're not. You're not. Here's the peace that even in God, this I will trust you. How many stories do I have to tell where I've begun to worry? How many times are the stories that I can tell that I begin to get stressed and that I become anxious? Jesus, you are my peace. Jesus, you are my peace. The planning of heritage, the financial responsibilities, the responsibility for all the people that are on staff now. Jesus, you are my peace. I trust you. That even in this, regardless of what this may be, you're my peace. Bad health news, Jesus, you're my peace. I don't understand this. When your kids are, are off and they're not following Jesus, Jesus, you're my peace. Where does the stress come in when we try to control it? When we believe that we're sitting on the throne of our lives instead of God, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. That's where the stress comes in. God, where, where, where will all the money come from? The what ifs, my children, my future. God, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus, because you're my, you're my peace. So the reality isn't whether or not we face struggles or we face difficulties, but when we do, that we will have the presence and the courage to lean into Jesus and to do what we say that we believe, to put action to our faith. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, I trust you. You're in control. When we look at the promises of peace, Paul said this, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And the question is, how do we experience that peace? Go back to Romans chapter 5 again. What did he say? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done. And you ask me why we celebrate Christmas? Not because of Santa Claus. It's not because of Christmas lights or anything else. Some little bit of eggnog over here, a little bit of apple cider or some hot chocolate. No. Not even the giving of gifts, but it's the receiving of the greatest gift of all, Jesus. A broken state? Yeah. Broken, sinful. The only way to experience that new life is through Jesus Christ. It's when God sent his son Jesus to be born of flesh and that he would be offered as a sacrifice for our sins. And when we confess our sins and we place our faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, we are not only freed from the power of sin, but our relationship with God is restored. Remember where peace comes from? Peace is the absence of that brokenness. Jesus is the one that filled the gap. And with faith in Christ, even in the most difficult of circumstances, we can be assured of God's presence and his protection. I wrote this down this morning. See, peace isn't the pursuit of the perfect world. It's not the pursuit of the perfect circumstances, the perfect family, the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect home, or whatever it may be. But it's the pursuit of a perfect Savior. Jesus. And if you don't know him, today would be a great day.
You may be a great churchgoer, carrying through all the rituals and doing everything that Christians do, and yet you're empty because you don't know him. Right there where you are, and you know who you are. If it's you, just say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to experience the Prince of Peace. I want to come to know you as my personal Savior so that I can experience this lasting peace, this eternal peace. You can pray to him and recognize that there is no peace because you're in sin. But Jesus came so that that relationship with our Heavenly Father could be restored. Confess your sins this morning and say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord and Savior. There may be some of us here today, and this is for me. I mean, I'm not exempt from this, people. I have to remind myself, Jesus, you're my peace. When the stress and the anxiety and the problems come, Jesus, you're my peace. I'm not exempt from this. And don't you dare tell me that you're not, because I know you. I know, I know what you do. I know how you live. And I know that you may wrestle with this. And he doesn't promise us the absence of conflict just because we know him, but he does promise us that he's with us. The question is, do you believe that? Maybe you're walking through a difficult time right now, and, 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 and you're, you're here, and you're saying, man... <laughs> I'm just really struggling. Jesus, I believe you are my peace. Jesus, I believe you are my peace. I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm not going to try to control it. But Jesus, you are my peace. I'm going to ask if our overseers would come this morning and stand. If you're an overseer, please come stand this morning here and and want there to be a time. And you know, there don't need to be any music. Maybe you're here today and, and you just need somebody to pray with you. We're going to give you that opportunity just in the silence of the moment for you to come and say, would you pray with me? I've been wrestling with this. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're a religious person, but today you want to say, I I want to know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, this morning. You can come. But I want to pray for you. And then after that, I'm going to give a minute or two for people to respond. And then after that, I have something that I want to close with because we'd love to be able to pray for Willie and Emily. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in this time, Lord, the Scripture is very clear that Jesus is our Prince of Peace, that peace comes from knowing it flows from a person, the person of Jesus Christ. It's not the absence of things. It's not the absence of conflicts or circumstances or difficulties. But, but Father, it's the, that peace comes from knowing you. And, Lord, there may be some here today that don't know you. And even right now, Lord, if they don't know you, um, with this morning, even right now, would they come? And, Father, would they share with these that are standing in front that I don't know the Lord, but today I want to know Jesus Christ 
There may be some here today that are believers but are walking through difficult times, maybe with children, maybe with finances, maybe things going on at the job place. Father, there may be a conflict with another person. I don't know what it may be, but today there is not peace in their lives. And even this morning, they would say, I, I would love for somebody to pray for me. Even this morning, uh, that they would come, even right now, would you pray for me that I would come to grasp and to hold on to the truth that Jesus is my peace. Would you hear us, Lord, as we cry out to you today? And may we respond in these moments of silence. In Jesus' name. If that's you, and you need to come, you come this morning. I'm not going to wait for a long time, but I wanted to offer it to you. Anyone? Anyone? I know the room isn't filled with everybody that's at peace. But is there anyone that would be willing to say, I want somebody to pray for me. I'm walking through this right now in my life and I need to, be, I need to know and to hold on to the truth. Anybody? I'm going to ask our overseers to remain here. We would love to be able to pray today for Willie and Emily and what they're walking through. Father, what a blessing it is that we have to be able to gather in your name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, to honor you with our words, by the reading of scripture, the singing of songs, recognizing that, God, that you're in control. But the reality is, Father, many people around the world, including in this room, are struggling and wrestling. And Father, today I want to lift up our friends, those who are serving in a faraway land, reaching people that are far, far away from you. We want to pray for Willie and Emily. But not just Willie and Emily, for other missionaries that are serving around the world today. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to know them personally. Father, to know their heart, their love for you, to know their heart and their love for, for the passion of sharing Jesus to the ends of the earth. And Father, in the midst of this time that they have experienced this persecution, Father, that even in that time they cried out to you and said, Jesus, you are our peace. Would you help us to believe that in this time that, Father, the persecution is so heavy and the consequences could be so large? Father, we pray for them and we ask that you would protect them and you would continue to provide for them. Thank you for the, for the, for the IMB and for the, for the resources that come to provide uh, security. Father, to provide um, provision for this family as they're serving. I pray that we as a church would be reminded of the opportunity we have to give and to participate. Um, Father, not just in the lives of Willie and Emily, but other missionaries through that Lottie Moon offering. Father, I thank you that, that Lord, that, uh, that you've given us the privilege of being able to pray for them. Every one of those things that Willie listed, Father, for the, in reference to prayer and us being reminded, Father, would we do that? Would it be imprinted upon our minds, this story that we've heard, 
Yet even in the middle of that, they experienced your peace because they know you. Remind us, every one of us that are here in this room, Father, those times that we may be walking through, those, those conflicts, those, those difficulties, the struggles, the wrestlings, that when we face those times, if we know you, to cry out, Jesus, I know you, and I know who you are, and I know that you're the Prince of Peace, and so even in this, God, I'm going to trust you. Even though I don't understand it, Jesus, I'm going I'm to rest my faith and my trust upon you because you are in control. Remind us of that here today in this place. I know without a shadow of a doubt there are persons in this room that are struggling and wrestling. And Father, I pray they would quit trying to control the outward circumstances but come to know you, the person of Jesus Christ personally. And in that experience, peace. Father, thank you for hearing us today and your word, how powerful it is. It reminds us of everything that we need to know. May we continue to be students of the Word, continue to be in the Word as we come to know you better. And for this Christmas season, what a blessing it is for us not only to experience that peace, but be able to share that peace with others, to tell them and to talk to them about the difference that a relationship with Jesus Christ makes. A gift is only a gift when it's received. May we be about giving the greatest gift of all. And may we experience others receiving that gift and coming to know you personally. Father, I pray that when we leave these room, this room in just a few minutes, that God, that we will go out as your ambassadors of peace, that we will be peacemakers because we're the children of God. Recognize, help us recognize the responsibility that you've given us. Help us to recognize the opportunity. Help us recognize the privilege it is to be your children, your ambassadors as we walk out this door. To not just carry on those ritualistic things that believers do, but help us to come to know you better. And in that, help us to let others know how to know you better. And in this Christmas season, may we be reminded that Jesus is our peace and that peace is the pursuit of a perfect Savior, Messiah, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. When you leave this morning talking about prayer, we're going to be giving you guys a, a book. This is not a book to be just read, but inside of this book there are prayers. And the month of January, we're going to be focusing on, the, on prayer. And we are giving this to you as a gift this morning. Um, and you'll have an opportunity to receive that. But this is um, what I want to say to you. Just don't go reading this as a, as a book. Um, there's a way that we want you to walk through this, and we're going to teach you how to do that on December the 31st. Where's Sheila at? Come on, Miss West. We're going to teach you how to do that on the 31st. Today, we just want to give you a copy because we know that there may be some of you that are not here on the 31st. This is called 31 Days of Prayer. I will begin the 31st with a 
with a sermon, kicking off a, a sermon series on prayer. Um, but we want everybody here to have a part to, to be able to participate in this with us. And so, Miss West, is there anything that you would like to say? of the spiritual life. It ushers us into the perpetual communion with the Father. It brings us into the deepest and highest work of the human spirit. Real prayer is life-creating and life-changing. And you know, last year, Pastor had us walk through the New Testament together. We're almost through. Almost. We're almost through. And as we walked through it, we had a guide, and it gave us the scriptures that we were to read every day. And as we did that, we learned things that we may not have known before. We understood things a little bit better. We had questions that needed to be answered. Well, you know, prayer is a practice, too. And this year, during January, the reason that we're doing this is to call God's people to prayer. And in this book, part one gives you the invitation to pray, and it gives you instructions on how to do it. Part three gives you some wonderful insights on how to grow in your spiritual life. And if you want to be reading those two sections, go ahead and read those. But part two is the one that we will walk through on a daily basis. Now, I want to tell you up front, when you start reading these prayers and we do it, you're going to be saying, I'm reading somebody else's words. They're not what I'm thinking or I'm wanting to pray. But if you look at the end of every prayer, there is a list of scriptures. And if you read those, what you will discover is that the Myers read those scriptures, and those scriptures are what prompted them to pray what they were praying. Because God's word speaks to us. And by us listening to what God's word says and it prompting us to pray, it stretches us beyond the prayer life that we have now. It teaches us to pray for things that we would not normally pray for. And it teaches us in the midst of reading the words that maybe someone else wrote to stop and share our heart, even to be able to say, that's not what I'm thinking right now, Lord, but please help me to do that. So as we're preparing for the month of prayer so that we can say that heritage is a house of prayer, let's all be praying one thing as the disciples did. When Jesus, they went to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So between now and then, we can be praying, each one of us, Lord, teach us here at Heritage how to pray even more and to get to know you even better. Sister, and Paul said this back in Philippians chapter 4. Just a reminder to you, (laughs) don't be anxious about anything, but Pray about everything. May you go and may you be instruments of God's peace this week. And may this community and this world in which we live be a better place because we're pointing people to Jesus. These overseers will be here. You still have an opportunity to come. Have a great week.